Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The Ottawa, um, the federal government, investing $1 billion in nuclear energy. Darlington plant in Ontario. Dr. Chris Kiefer is the president of Canadians for Nuclear Energy. Dr. Kiefer has spoken to us on a number of occasions about this issue. Dr. Kiefer, thank you very much. And the Trudeau government singing from a different page of the hymn book now, at least as far as the role for nuclear energy in Canada is concerned, by committing almost a billion to building a new reactor at Darlington near Toronto. Did you see this coming? Roy, it is a pretty extraordinary turnaround. Certainly, my organization has played a big role, I think, in influencing this turnaround um, through a number of campaigns that we've held. Um, but I have to give credit as well to um, the global energy crisis. You know, the facts on the ground are really changing quite rapidly. And as we step into this energy crisis, as global insecurity becomes a greater threat and energy security becomes a greater concern, um, nuclear energy really rises as probably the most vital solution to that. So, you know, am I surprised? Certainly, I wouldn't have seen this coming a year ago. Um, you know, we have a Minister of Environment and Climate Change, Stephen Gilbo, um, with a avowedly anti-nuclear past. Um, we have a Minister of Natural Resources, uh, Minister Wilkinson, who had been very lukewarm on nuclear, even defending the German nuclear coal phase out, uh, something that stands even in, uh, in opposition to Greta Thunberg, who called for Germany to keep its nuclear plants going. So, no, I mean, in short, it's, uh, it's a surprise, but there's a path here. You can see why it's happening. Yeah, the triptych to this government's net zero destination is apparently now flexible, and uh, no doubt the Euro experience, European experience, is an influence, their crisis, their energy crisis. And I would imagine uh, Chancellor Schultz had a lot to say to the Prime Minister when the Chancellor was here a few weeks ago. So the first time the Canada Infrastructure Bank has entered the nuclear energy fold what does this mean in the uh, in the longer term? Well, the Canada Infrastructure Bank controls about $35 billion, and they're tasked with making critical infrastructure investments. Um, and there's a climate focus to that for sure. So things like public transportation, green infrastructure, retrofitting buildings. I'd say it's a really positive move because, you know, we tend to have um, the general public and myself included up until several years ago when I started really trying to seek and understand uh, energy. We tend to have a similar understanding as, say, a 14 year old, you know, who's grown up in the city their whole lives, the way they understand food. It just kind of comes from the grocery store. So we see a lot of um, action occurring, such as we'll put in charging stations for electric vehicles. But what we forget about is everything behind there, all the wiring and the power generation that yeah. occurs behind there. So it's good to see some maturity in decision making where there's a real focus on the fact that, hey, if we have these electrification goals for electric vehicles, um, for electrifying um, heating and, and other needs throughout our society, we need to build a lot of power generation infrastructure. And, you know, if we're moving towards the direction of the so-called electrify everything agenda, we better be damn sure that that electricity is as reliable as possible. Yeah. And nuclear really provides that. So it's, it's an entirely logical path for them to be taking uh, and a very positive one. I will say people might I'd say one billion that's a big number i want to put that in context um you know i know you broadcast nationally but here in ontario we embarked on a very ambitious so-called green energy act where we made huge investments in wind and solar uh installations we currently subsidize that we pay massive subsidies way over market value for those resources to the tune of 3.1 billion every single year and that's over 20 years so we will spend 60 billion dollars on wind and solar in ontario 
which unfortunately provides a fraction of the electricity we need on the grid and does so very unreliably. So just to put that $1 billion number in context, this is a big step mostly because it signifies a real change in the federal government's attitude and a maturity in terms of just energy literacy and understanding how the electrons are are jiggled or made. Um, But it is still a a drop in the bucket in terms of, you know, the the stated ambitions of this government to get to, say, zero carbon electricity by 2035. Yeah. Well, and also, uh, not to be forgotten, is there certainly going to be looking for, probably are now, for private sector investment. This isn't all going to be public money forever. Absolutely. No. And I mean, they, the Canada Infrastructure Bank has a specific mandate, um, essentially to de-risk private capital coming in to create public-private partnerships. And listen, I mean, I, I want to acknowledge that nuclear is hard. It's hard to pull it off well. And we see failures throughout the West. We've seen successes in every country it's been deployed. Uh, Canada, in terms of our... Um, our, our power plants that we built, Pickering, uh, Bruce, were both, you know, on budget and on time and have produced extraordinary long-term value. You know, those plants have been on the grid for 30, 40 years. They have another 30, 40 to go, and they provide the second cheapest source of electricity. Um, but nuclear is tricky. Um, and so it does really require some government stewardship. And one of the key things is, it's just like building a huge bridge or a, a hydro dam. It takes a lot of upfront capital investment and a number of years to get it built before it starts generating a return. So having access to low cost capital, low interest capital is absolutely vital for us to pull off these projects as it has always been for any large infrastructure project. So that's really, I think, the key significance of this investment is that it signals to private capital, it de-risks private capital, will get those private dollars in at much lower interest rates, which will have huge benefit for everyday Canadians just as we benefit here in Ontario now from cheap nuclear electricity because of a strategic investment, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, the federal government could also uh, include nuclear in their green bond program, which you're trying to convince them of, and your um, our fellow Canadians are trying to convince them of in the petition, which they didn't even bother to acknowledge. Oh, no, no. They, they acknowledged it. Um, they're mandated to. It's a beautiful mechanism of democracy, a House of Commons petition. If it's sponsored and gets enough signatures, ours got the second most uh, highest number of signatures in the economy and finance part in the 44th sitting of this parliament. Um, we did get a response. Unfortunately, um, it was basically saying, you know, we choose to follow the example of countries like Belgium, which declare that nuclear is not green. I mean, Belgium, this is the same country that's gripped in as part of this European energy crisis. 50% of their electricity comes from nuclear. Their plan was to phase all that nuclear out and replace it with natural gas. And we're going to follow Belgium's example. I equate uh, acknowledge with agreement. So, yeah. okay, there we go. There we go. Um, so, but, but let's let's address this point, please. I, uh, I've wanted to do this each time we've talked and I haven't gotten to it. Let's talk about the the safety factor of sure. nuclear because that's always whenever I talk to somebody about nuclear energy and talk to them about what's required as you mentioned the infrastructure that's behind those plug-ins when you drive your electric car and you're going across mm-hmm. Canada and they're going to have all these all these stations along the country where's the infrastructure where's the power going to come from that's getting going to get to that plug where you're going to insert uh, the plug from your car so when we when that comes up and nuclear comes up there's always the question of how safe is it and uh, Chernobyl is brought up Three Mile Island is brought up the critical mass situation during the tsunami in Japan is brought up. What's the safety factor? Well, you know, it's interesting, and it's it's not surprising the general public um, 
that there's a gap in terms of perception and reality here. And that's due in part to folks like our national broadcasters. You know, in in uh, April this year, in the anniversary of the Fukushima meltdowns, CBC reported that 20,000 people died in that accident, in the nuclear accident. 20,000 people died as a result of the fourth largest earthquake ever measured in human history, which generated a massive tidal wave. You know, buildings collapsed, people drowned, went missing, etc. Nobody actually died as a consequence of radiation, the radiation released from that plant. And let me tell you, that was three simultaneous meltdowns of large scale reactors. So if any case, if, if Fukushima almost illustrates like this is a worst case scenario and the impact was zero deaths from radiation, mm-hmm. there was a panicked evacuation and people died as a part of that evacuation. The speed of that evacuation was unnecessary. Um, Three Mile Island is an interesting case as well. The highest dose to a member of the general public from that accident was the equivalent of one chest X-ray. I have parents coming to me as a doctor after their toddler hits their heads begging me to scan the brain of that child with a CT scan and get essentially their entire background dose of radiation in two seconds, right? You know, orders of magnitude more than a chest X-ray. So there's a, there's a big gap here. The only nuclear accident that's resulted in deaths from radiation was the Chernobyl incident. And this was a, you know, an ancient reactor design that had no containment right that actually is a design that could actually catch on fire and burned out of control for you know 10 12 days so we don't operate those kind of reactors in the west at all and the kind of soviet culture the utter lack of safety inherent in that culture is a big part of that story you know i I can't get into all the details but suffice it to say there is a large misperception it's understandable based on a lot of misreporting in the media and of course because we have a tendency to tie the peaceful uses of nuclear energy nuclear power generation with nuclear weapons yeah, and in the past, yeah, and sure. even in the present, nuclear weapons do threaten a potential apocalypse. Yeah. So it's 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 I'm empathetic. I'm, I'm understanding of people's preoccupations here, but I do think that it's it's important to do the science communication to put it in perspective. And when you do compare that, say in Ontario, right, we used to have 25 percent of our electricity come from coal. The Ontario Medical Association estimates that 600 people died prematurely every single year because of air pollution from those coal plants. The only way we were able to get rid of that coal was nuclear energy. It provided provided 90% of the electricity to do so. And so nuclear energy has been saving 600 lives a year here in Ontario as a result of that. So you have to sort of really put things in context and make comparisons. Um, there's, there's much so more I, to this I story, have, but I'll cut myself off. I have another 45 seconds. Go ahead. No, I mean, the other contribution of Canadian nuclear is medical isotopes, you know, which are used both in cancer therapeutics, such as external beam radiation, also some internal stuff. But we sterilize 40% of the world's single use medical devices. So if you're getting a blood draw, that mm-hmm. IV cannula, um, the saline bag, the blood tubes, almost everything I use in the hospital on a daily basis is, is sterilized with Canadian uh, medical isotopes produced in our power reactors. So the lives saved there, again, it, you have to factor that into the equation. Okay. Um, and that's why I'm a passionate communicator on this topic, because there is such a misperception. Now you're very good. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.